the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Perspective. Teaching. Conversation. This is Isaiah 61. Over the next half hour, you'll hear why the Lord provided those verses and how they can be used in witnessing, in the church, and in daily life as God's children. Now, here's your host of Isaiah 61 from Spirit of the Lord Church in North Minneapolis, Pastor Joe Sutton. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. This is Pastor Joe Sutton uh, back again for another uh, radio program with you on this uh, nice Saturday afternoon. Uh, while you're, you're hearing this, uh, you know, I'll be getting ready to um, take my grandchildren down down back to Atlanta, and their parents are going to come up and grab them. They've been with me all summer long since May. Uh, you know, we've had some good times together. Uh, we've had to understand who has the power. <laughs> As they, I don't know what they did with their other grandparents, but, you know, I had to let them know that uh, I'm a Proverbs 1 guy. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we're going to start with fear. <laughs> Oh no! It was a delight, though, you know, to put something in them and to, to, uh, to really uh, speak to them at an early age as to what, uh, you know, our legacy is, and getting them to understand what Christianity is. You know, we have a version, not nah, but not a version. We have many versions of uh, Christianity that that kind of run about. But you know, I'm just trying to tell them they have to be biblical. Yeah, you, know, you don't have to be conservative or liberal you just be biblical in in what you do and make sure you're ready to give an answer for the faith that lies within you and then that's what needs to happen you know a lot of times we we get more social or more cultural than we do biblical and uh and so and and one of the things that that helps that helped me uh develop a biblical worldview was you know just through fellowship and fellowshipping with uh, different people and, and hearing uh, different perspectives and then going back to the Word of God and uh, fleshing that thing out, sometimes even arguing, you know what I mean, iron sharpening iron, to, to, get, to, get, to, to get, a, get an understanding of what God was saying. So today that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about fellowship, you know, fellowshipping. What, what does it mean to, to fellowship? You know, in, in our day and age, um, Man, we, you know, I sit on boards where people check in electronically. You know, we FaceTime them or, you know, uh, set up a video chat. So whatever you got out there, you know, you got conference calls. You got a whole bunch of things you can do. People having Bible study with conference call and everything like that. And because of uh, our advances in technology, we're able to 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 fellowship you know, and, and, and get done and talk to each other, see each other and do things like that. I remember the first time uh, I was out of the country and my everybody was telling my wife, 
you know, oh, you got to get this particular app, you know, and uh, and so, you know, then next time I'm out of the country, she got the app. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, it just, it just didn't feel the same. Seeing my wife and kids in front of the computer, you know, I, it just, it wasn't the same. You know, it wasn't the same to me. You know what I mean? I, you know, and my, in fact, I don't even answer FaceTime calls. <laughs> you know, sometimes my grandkids, I don't even answer them, you know, because it's just not the same. And I tell them it's, it's not the same. Just just talk to Grandpa because, you know, it's it's not the same. And uh and, that, and, that, and that's me, and that's that's my preference. But it, it's something about being in somebody's presence. It's something about being able to really look them in the eye, you know, and not depend on the clarity or the pixels, uh, whether I can get a good look at you, a good feel for you, uh, to feel how you're doing, you know, what, what, you know, the, the, you know, how can how can I pray for you, you know, and uh, to to be able to lay hands on you, you know, to be able to, to be able to be biblical, you know, in, in what I do. You know, Jesus could have came at any time in history, but he chose to come at a time where there was no technology. <laughs> and, and I'm not knocking tech because I own it. You know what I mean? So, so before you think I'm anti-tech, you know, I got more laptops and computers at home. Oh man, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with all my old laptops now. I got like four of them sitting around there. And, uh, you know, but the thing, thing I'm just saying is just Jesus chose to come at a time where people had to meet face to face, where there had to be a level of intimacy. When he sent his when he sent his disciples out and he told them to stay with people, you know, what I mean, to be to, wherever you're welcome that stay there. You know, what I mean, and so, you know, I, I look at it now and when, when people travel and come in, they, they, they give you this rider. It tells you what kind of water they want, what kind of lunch meat they want, what kind of cracker they got to have, you know, uh, first class flights, uh, certain kind of limo, you know, hotel. I mean, you know, it's just like, it's like, dang, what happened to the homie just staying with somebody? You know what I mean? Whatever, whatever happened to that? You know what I mean? I, you know, I know you want to treat the man or woman of God good and I know you appreciate him. You know, but when you come out there getting way off on strike, we getting too far away, you know, from where it was. Now, we can't be like some people, people who get stuck in time and refuse to use any technology and, and everything like that and, uh, and and worship God that way. You know, that's their way, and, and I'm not knocking that way. But sometimes it has to be a, a, a balance, something that we go into, that we get into, that we get not so much caught up in, and uh and and how we're treated and what we're eating and everything like that, but we get more caught up in delivering the word of God to the people, fellowshipping with the people. I like staying at people's houses. You know, I, I really do. When I if I travel, that's my first option. I say, can I stay with somebody? Because then there's fellowship. You know, what I mean, you sit around, you after the service, and sit around the house, and and you have fellowship together, and and uh, you know, you laugh, you joke. You know, you learn a perspective. Somebody shares a teaching that they heard or a sermon that they heard or shares from what they read in the Bible and, and everybody gets into it. And, you know, I remember in my younger days when um, I used to host uh, a lot of a lot of rap rap concerts in the Twin Cities. And, I, and then when it was all over, you know, everybody usually ended up in my house. You know, either we was at Perkins. You know, if it was late at night, we was at Perkins, and then the next day we'd be at my house for a barbecue and sit around and fellowship. 
and you know, and it was it was it was just more real, more surreal to be able to to talk and get there in touch. And so, you know, I, I was part of a prayer group where we spent some time fellowshipping, and then we prayed, and then sometimes we didn't fellowship after we prayed. You know, discussing you know uh, you know what we seeing, how the week was going, whatever like that. Uh, an individual prayer needed. And, man, I really grew. I really grew in that group. I grew in that group more so than any other group that I was in. You know, I was in my singles group, you know, on Friday night. You know, we go in there and worship and get the word. And afterwards, you know, go to some restaurant and fellowship, you know, and, and talk about all kind of different things. And, and those conversations helped me learn how to apply the Bible to my life. And it's one thing to, to, to really to know the Bible, but it's another thing to be able to apply the Bible and fellowship helps you understand how to apply the Bible. Cause if you hear a brother, sister testify about, you know, how the word of God came through for them or why they did or did not do a particular thing based upon the word of God. It helps you understand how to apply the word of God to your life, you know, and I know it gets sticky, you know, it gets sticky you know, you run into people who like to, to gossip or you run into people who always never have enough money but order everything in a restaurant and everybody got to bail them out. Uh, you know, you know, and, 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 and being around people is, is, is sticky. You know, and you can't quite wash it off your hand. You know, and so I know a lot of times people don't come to fellowship opportunities, you know, whether it's church or men's or women's groups or, a special event or a seminar because they don't want to be around people or people have done something to them that they're in this mode of, of not responding, you know, but what I'm here to say is that, that that's not okay. You know, God has commanded us to come together in fellowship. Jesus came at a time when he could have came at a time where podcasting and, and everything and all the other stuff would have been okay. And those things are good. I listen to a lot of podcasts. You know what I mean? It just helps me. Once again, it helps me grow, you know, and, um, you know, but I still don't forsake the opportunity to assemble with my brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, you know, I don't care what it is. It could be a picnic, you know, I'm out there with them. You know what I mean? Because, if they're truly my brothers and sisters in Christ, the word of God is going to come up. It's going to come up. You know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to chop, chop, chop that word. As they say, you know, we're going to get in there and we're going to have a nice word souffle, you know, if it comes up. But what we have to be careful of is that we don't spend our days, you know, just fellowshipping from an entertainment perspective, you know, just going out, hanging out, doing everything like that. We do need to be alone and spend some time with God so he can talk to us because Christianity is not a fellowship relationship with a bunch of Christians. It is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And you have to understand that it is a personal relationship. I mean, that means me and Jesus, you know, that's how this, that's how this goes now. And, and I have to reserve time that that's what it is, you know, where I'm, reading my word or praying. I'm, I'm just thinking about God. I'm just giving him some time. And, uh, you know, it ain't me time. It's his time. 
and and I'm doing that to 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 draw closer to him. Now I fellowship with my brothers and sisters in Christ because they help me to understand, you know, my my journey. You know, what I mean, I've I've learned how to love my wife, parent my kids, you know, all by fellowshipping with you know my brothers and sisters in Christ and allowing them to speak into my life and everything like that. And so that's that's the part that we have to look at is that we don't have to fear coming together. You know, the scriptures tell us that we're to forgive it. And, and a lot of people will say they forgive it. They're just not going to put themselves in that situation again. And, 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 and that's fine. You know what I mean? But in that situation, our other brothers and sisters in Christ who long to hear from you, who long to receive from you. And, and so when you, when you look at your decision not to show up, then something's missing, you know, something's missing, you know, and, and I know in our day and age of, uh, of depending more on attendance than we do, uh, you know, discipleship and, you know, numbers become the key thing and bigger is always better. And people are just needed to fill seats and give an offering. And, uh, and, and I know that's how I feel sometimes in that situation. And so, you know, avoid those situations, but you find a situation where someone is doing what God said, making disciples. And when you make disciples, you have to spend time with people. You have to spend time with people. You can't be consuming all that work, you know, that you're doing at home, reading, praying, you know, listening to stuff electronically and not give it back out. You have to have someone that you're pouring into, someone that you're discipling. Somebody should be discipling you and you should be discipling someone else. That's the model Jesus set up. That's that's what he set up, and, you know, and he did it during a time where there would be no distractions from electronics. There'd be no distractions from pre-recorded or anything like that. You know, they'd not be there, and and so e- even as we today, I spend this time whether you're in your car, you know, whether you're 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 working or just sitting around the house, uh, as we fellowship today, you know, I, I wish you had a chance to respond, you know, right away, you know, but that's just not possible. But, you know, you can always <clears throat> electronically <laughs> contact me with an email, you know, and, uh, and and just, you know, let me know, you know, what questions you have. And, heck, we can get together and really fellowship. You know what I mean? You know, that cup of coffee ha- has started more conversations than uh, we want to we know about. You know, when people get together over a cup of coffee and fellowship and, and share their story. And man, you see how the word has impacted someone and then you can feel and you can see the authenticity of what they're talking about. You know, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just going, sitting in a room, listening to some music and listening to some guy preach and then go home. I'm talking about where people are honestly having an exchange. You know, it's just like prayer. Prayer is a conversation with God, but most times, we don't even give him a chance to speak. You know what I mean? But the times we do give him a chance to speak, man, those prayer sessions, we never forget. We we know when, we, when God really spoke something to our heart and we're there and we go and we remember that and we hold on to that and we, we're blessed by that. You know, so, <clears throat> so excuse me, it's so a fellowship. You know, we will have to get together and fellowship. When, you, when you're waiting and God has you in wait mode, 
You don't know whether to go left or right. You know, it is just reassuring to be in fellowship with somebody that can tell you that, hey, I've gone through that before. This is Isaiah 61, the radio ministry of Spirit of the Lord Church. And, uh, and we take a break, come back, and wrap this up. Spirit of the Lord Church is a multi-ethnic, multi-generational church impacting North Minneapolis and the greater Twin Cities. Emphasizing the four pillars of godly thinking, training up godly children, godly marriages, and outreach to the community. Spirit of the Lord has quickly become a staple to some of the people who need God the most. As they focus on Jesus Christ, grace and truth bind them together to become God's best. Join them for service every Sunday morning at 1030 at 1001 Penn Avenue North in Minneapolis. Spirit of the Lord Church, a proud sponsor of Isaiah 61. It is God who always is pursuing us. Not we trying to pursue God can find Him. <laughs> and if you are frantically trying to get God to do this or that for you, my advice for you is chill out <laughs> and realize that God is saying to every one of us, be still and know that I am God. Learn more on Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Listen to Leading the Way, weekday evenings at 6.30 on AM 980, The Mission. Mm-hmm, grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning. Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well. Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning. Grandma's hands. Billy, don't, don't you run, run so fast. fast. Might fall on a piece of glass. <laughs> Might be Bill Withers. That guy had some songs, didn't he? You didn't, you didn't forget his songs. I love his, uh, he does some great Beatles covers, actually. Let It Be and a few other ones. Yeah. And he had uh, Booker T on that album with him. <laughs> yeah. Very good album. Yeah, but Denise, whatever, Nichols broke his heart, then he just... He just kind of went downhill after that. I was gonna say, what happened after they uh, got married and divorced, and it just, it just really, it really broke. She started getting popular in Hollywood, and, and uh, you know, and you know, he was never one of those guys, you know. Yeah. And uh, and so she, it kind of broke his heart. You know, he just, oh, that's tragic. Yeah. Made but, some great, beautiful music. Man, sure did, man. I, I mean, I, I, I seen them song. I, have, I have covers on a couple of his songs. Nobody wants to. Record me though. <laughs> we'll have to get you some studio I, time I, in I, here, right? <laughs> I, I got I got this one called Weave on Me. <laughs> I like that. I like that. What are you What are you gonna do with Use Me? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but I I can, I can whip it up something. Man, I I remember as back probably back in the nineties. I I first did that, and. Uh, I was down in Houston, and everybody was everybody was getting weeds back there. It was, just, it was a it was a it was the mid nineties, and I and I just was coming to. I was like, dang, and I just started singing. I started going, "Weave on me, <laughs> if you are bald and you need some help, I'll help you get some. It won't be long." To you gonna need somebody to weave on. I just might have a horse tail. Oh yeah. I 
It's a hit. Yeah, we I, got that one in the can. I, like they, they, like they, man, them ladies got so mad at me in church, man. They, I was singing in the hallway, just singing. I was going, and then, then like some of the youth got together and joined with me. We was just out there harmonizing on, 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 on Bill Willis' song. You know what I mean? Just talking about weave on me. So, oh, he had yeah. some pretty ones. There's no doubt, some great yeah, ones. Yeah, some great ones. Some, some of them I even sing to my wife sometimes. <laughs> she don't like my version, but you know. <laughs> she prefers Bill, huh? Yeah, she prefers Bill. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You can't win them all, right? <laughs> no, you can't win them all. You, but you, you, you can try to at least get fifty-fifty out there. Somewhere. There you go. There you go. You know, but uh, yeah, that that's that that that's a that's a great great guy, man. I I really love even growing up and that grandma's hands, man. It it really just ties into what I'm talking about because. Um, I remember when I was down in Mississippi, right? And uh, and my, you know, my, my grandmother and they were Baptists. Everybody's Baptist, and I'm the little Catholic kid, right? And I'm telling my grandma, my church is right up the street. I go up there this Sunday. She's in it all, baby. Your church is right up the street in this car. Getting this car right now. She said, "You, yeah, you Catholic when you're in Chicago, but you Baptist down here." <laughs> <laughs> See, I was I was Lutheran in Minneapolis, but then I was Catholic when I went to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, yeah, yeah man. She told me to get new castles in church all day. <laughs> man, you know, but it was it wasn't church; it was fellowship, right? Because they went from one thing to the next. They had Sunday school, then they went into service. They had the service. They would eat lunch, and after lunch. They would have a YPWW. They would go. They would go home, and they'd come in, and then everybody would do what they need to do, you know, get get dinner ready, and they'd come back for YPWW. And I'm sitting there like, do you folks ever? <laughs> That's a whole day. That's yeah, every- <laughs> I mean, I'm used to 50 minutes, maybe 55, <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and y'all up here, you know, and it was. But you know, the kids was playing, sneaking out, playing, going to the store, spending their offering money on candy. It was just like a whole a, a, a fellowship ritual for them, and I and I wasn't used to it. By by my second year, I got used to it. You know, I got used to it. I realized that that you know, I you know, go to the bathroom, don't come back. You know, fake like you do, hit the door. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, that was that was a kid thing, you know, a youth thing to do. But yep. it was still an object of fellowship in what they did, and and it, and it helped sustain them, and and where they, and they were going. Now it didn't it didn't help keep their young people because the young people was like, look, they ain't gonna take all they gotta be here all day, you know what I mean? You know, but they never came. They, they, nobody came back for midweek service. Nobody came back for you know anything like that, and so they got it all in one dose. You know what I mean? And it was it was and really the church was always open that day, and even through the week it was open because people had choir practices. Mm-hmm. And people could come in, so you always saw activity there. You always saw activity, and and that's good for people who don't know Christ. You know what I mean? Because if there's always activity there, then I know I always have a chance to go in there. But if I only see it open once a week, and the rest of the time it looks like you know, it's a scene from Gunsmoke, <laughs> you know, tumbleweeds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of those buzzards. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's scared because the, the the villain is in t- the villain is out there. You know, everybody locking the doors. You know, and it's like, and that's what I think sometimes when I look at some churches. It's like when everybody ran in and locked the doors. 
and there's no life there. You know what I mean? There's there's no there's no life. And and when you see life in a building, even though you don't go in there, right? You know there's there's an opportunity for you to always find a place where there's life. You know what I mean? And 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 I say fellowship is key because you know people need you. You know they need your voice. You know as I always tell people in Bible study, we need your voice. You know we just don't need a body. You know, you know, we all grow, even those of us who've been in the kingdom for a while, we all grow when everybody shares, when people share some things and uh, some profound things. The reason why I chose the church to go to that I did was because it was just so, so many new believers and, it, and the freshness of their faith energized me. You know, it energized me. And uh, everybody said, why are you going to that church for? You know what I mean? It's like, I say because it it energizes me. These people are, are are truly, truly, truly happy to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, and we need that. You know, we need that. Us old heads, us OGs, need to be energized <laughs> and need to go and every now and then get our hair done. You know what I mean? Go down to the dollar store, give me some hair, and uh, let it flow. All right. See y'all next week. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.